buy a home with Kathy Pfefferhahn. Finances and, in conjunction with my company, Capital Coaching, helps people achieve their financial goals through tailored, personal, attentive financial coaching services. Together, we'll create a successful financial plan by examining your spending and saving habits, then guiding and educating you to your own personal success. Coaching services include evaluation of your spending plan, building your savings, financing your retirement, and examining your insurance needs while planning for your individual goals. Please contact me at capitalcoaching.net to make an appointment for a free consultation. You can also purchase my workbook, Finances and Your Spending Planner Workbook at Shopify and click the link in the show notes below. You can also find it on lulu.com. Buying a home is one of those American dream things that motivates us to save. Some considerations that might help you decide if you're ready to buy a home might be the rising rent costs. When rent rises, it makes it harder for you to budget annually. Since housing is one of the largest parts of your monthly expenses, you'll want the cost to stay consistent and be something that's benefiting your end game versus slowing you down from reaching your goal. Once you're able to make that purchase, you might be able to find that the monthly payments are actually less to own. Once you're ready to purchase, you have to be ready to have your credit scrutinized. Low credit scores due to late payments or too much debt will lower your score and make it very hard for you to qualify for a loan or at least a loan that is at a reasonable interest rate. The higher your credit score, the lower your interest rate can be. Think of it as the prize for having done the work well in advance by saving and managing your money. Because you've done so well, they'll let you keep more of it. Sometimes those with low credit scores may also be required to put a higher deposit down on their home. One of the biggest challenges is making sure that you look attractive to a lender. You can do a quick check and take your actual annual salary, multiply it by 28%, then divide that by 12. That's how much you're expected to be able to afford on monthly rent or mortgage payments. Lenders will want to make sure that your debt-to-income ratio is low enough to lend to you. You may feel like you can afford a mortgage payment, but what they're also looking at is after adding all the monthly debts that you have divided by your gross income, that's the amount that you are listed as making before deductions. If your salary is, say, $73,000 a year, that's your gross income. Net is after they've withheld all taxes and deductions. They use this information to calculate two different ratios. The front-end ratio, also called a housing ratio, shows what percentage of your monthly gross income would go toward your housing expenses, including monthly mortgage payment, property taxes, homeowner's insurance, homeowner's association dues. And then the back-end ratio shows what portion of your income is needed to cover all your monthly debt obligations plus your mortgage payments and housing expenses. This would include credit card bills, car loans, child support, student loans, and any other revolving debt that shows up on your credit report. Bankrate.com has a debt-to-income calculator that may be helpful. The best way to meet this goal is to keep a credit card debt low by using no more than 30% of what your available credit is. And that means that if you have an available credit limit of, say, $7,000, carry no more than $2,100 on that card. Another important thing is to plan for a down payment. If this is your first home, and if you're renting right now, it probably is, you'll need to save up for a down payment. You should plan that to be as much as 20% of the cost of the home that you want to buy. So a $350,000 home will require a $70,000 down payment. By putting that much down, you'll avoid an additional monthly fee called private mortgage insurance. But there are loans that are available where only 3.5% are required down. 
So on that same $350,000, you'd need a down payment of $12,250, and that's quite a difference. To learn more, you can listen to episode 88 called How Much House Can I Afford? There are also closing costs that you'll need to plan for. There are usually between 2 to 7% of the property sale price. This amount is negotiable, so the seller may pay part of these costs. They're the processing fees that you pay the company that's lending you your mortgage money. They might include searches done on the home's title to make sure that they're legally allowed to sell you the home, an application fee, what you have to pay them to consider your loan, an appraisal fee, what the home and property are actually worth. Just because the seller is asking $350,000, the home can still only be worth $300,000. The appraisal of the property will confirm that this is a reasonable amount to pay. Attorney fees may be included. Some states require that you use an attorney for these. Closing fees are paid to escrow or to the attorney that I just mentioned. Often you'll be charged a courier fee to transport mortgage documents. An origination fee is charged for your lender to set up your loan and credit reporting fees to pay for the lender to pull and analyze your credit report. All that just to buy the house. What about repairs? Your landlord has been paying for those repairs around the place that you rent or maybe they haven't been, but now you have to. One reason for that debt-to-income ratio is to make sure that buying this home won't be the reason that you can't afford to pay other bills, like living costs and maintenance that the house needs. The average homeowner will spend about $3,000 a year on routine maintenance, while an air conditioner or heating unit or a new roof can cost anywhere between ten dollars and $20,000. You'll also need to have homeowner's insurance, which is approximately $1,300 in annual premiums. And all of this adds up. Another key point is that you're going to want to be confident that your job situation is stable. As you can see, owning a home is completely different than renting. Even those monthly payments may be smaller, the amount of money you'll need before buying is immense. And like renting, you need to decide if you're going to be near good schools, playgrounds, or a pool. Do you need to be within walking distance to amenities? All of these are important considerations when choosing where to live. One great advantage of owning your home is the tax break that it offers. You can deduct the interest you paid up to $1 million on your first and eventually second mortgage. This means that you can reduce the amount you have earned in income by the amount you paid in interest over the year. Then, it reduces your taxable income so that you can owe less in federal taxes. That's a great benefit. Another great benefit is that you can borrow money out of the value of the home. As you take out a loan called a home equity loan in either a lump sum or as a line of credit, you can deduct the interest you're paying on that loan as a way to use the money to buy, build, or substantially improve your home. If you spend the money on other things like buying a car or paying down your credit card, really any non-home spending, you won't be able to deduct that interest on your taxes. One important point is that you don't want to go through all of this expense and then turn around and move. It's recommended that you don't buy a home unless you plan on being in the area for at least five or more years. Otherwise, you're just going to be spending a lot of money without getting much back when you go to sell it, and then you'll have to expend money again buying your next place. In the end, owning a home is not always the best option, but in general, it's far more beneficial than renting. You own your asset. They gain in value over time, but the outlay of cash can be off-putting. Finally, if you spend so much on the purchase or monthly payments that you can't easily live, then you're what's called house poor. This can lead to negative feelings about your home or even worse, loss of the home because you can't afford it. And all of that means that the money you put into it is lost. 
Buying a home may be the American dream, but for some, it can be their nightmare. Make sure that's not the case for you. This is Kathy Pfefferhan. Thanks for listening to Finances and Are You Ready to Buy a Home? I know you chose to listen and I am grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe for free in your podcast provider and share your favorite episode with a friend. I'd love you to leave a review because it brings financial education to others and helps people find me more easily. You can also buy my new book, Your Spending Planner Workbook, on Shopify. Also, let me know what questions you'd like answered or any topics you'd like covered by going to the website at financesand.net and leaving a message. You can contact Capital Coaching for your personal financial needs at capitalcoaching.net. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school so you don't have to.